This is an object to this, an Ace Attorney fancast. I'm Michelle, and I came here to eat burgers and watch Steel Samurai, and I'm all out of burgers. Nick, go buy some burgers. I'm Jesse, and ooh, this reminds me of a puzzle. Hi, Jesse. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. Um, I kind of lost Stephanie again. Again? We were on a cruise. Uh, there were some pirates involved. They kidnapped her. I'm sure she'll be back later. God damn it. Was it- wait, 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 wait. Was it a ghost ship? I don't think it was. There was singing and dancing and... yeah. And grape juice? Yes, there was lots and lots of grape juice. Okay, well, we got a lot of news. Yes, we do have a lot of news. You excited for this news? Yes! Okay, so first and foremost, Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney is going to be released in the West in 2014. Yay! We don't have a date for that yet, but we no. do know it's going to be released. They're working on localizing it. That is great. It's gonna be beautiful. Amazing cutscenes, amazing voice actors. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's gonna be... I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't freaking wait, you guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on that note, we've also learned Dual Destinies. All of the sweet, sweet uh, downloadable content, including that bonus case that has nothing to do with pirates. What are you talking about? Um, that's all going to be released in the West as well. That's going to be localized. Yay! Boom. Also, the stupid outfits, too. <laughs> <laughs> Those are going to be localized, too. So if you guys want the dumb, dumb schoolgirl outfits for What's-Her-Face for Athena. And Apollo's... Or, yeah, his chick jacket. You can buy those with your buy money. Buy buy those with your buy money. Also, we've got um the creator guy, whose name I forget, has said that this is not the last game in the Ace Attorney series. Yes. I remember it's reading that. Pretty great. Because that means we're gonna get GS twenty six hundred thousand. Hope also I think they're considering working on localizing AAI too. No, that's a As far as I know, that has not changed its status. Like, it's still a lot of, like, let's see how the numbers go with everything else. But there is a big, huge fan movement to get it localized right now. Or to to translate it. Like, a fan movement to translate it and release it. Okay, because, like, I know they already have some, like, fan videos on YouTube that's translated. Uh Because my brother spent, like, a night watching all of that. Yeah. But if the sales for GS5 uh, and uh, Layton versus Ace Attorney goes well, then maybe they'll localize AAI too. I hope so, but I'm doubtful. I'm more doubtful about that than I was about Ace Attorney versus Layton coming here. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Any other newsworthy things happen in like... A month and a half since the last episode. Shh, what are you talking about? Uh, no, uh, not a lot of newsworthy stuff. Just, um, I'm surprised at how well all of our listeners are avoiding those Dual Destiny spoilers since none of you ever, like, like, all of you seem to be dodging them, which is amazing. Yeah, like, 
Well, I've been pretty good about missing them too in going through and like reblogging everything. I came uh-huh. across like one thing that I was like, no, I may have spoiled this for myself, but I'm still not 100% sure. Uh, that's the same with me is everything I've seen has been like accidental and gifts where I'm like, I'm I'm not sure if I'm spoiled or just really confused. So So yeah. And then I tagged a lot of things that were like, I don't know if this is spoilers or not. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, but I think you've been doing pretty good from what I've seen, so. Mm-hmm. And then I have it set up. So the Tumblr is queued up for, like, the next week or two. Because we start school next week! Yay! And Jesse, Jesse's gonna go to doctor school, and I'm going to lawyer school, so we're super busy with the rest of forever. Yeah, and Stephanie's gonna go to librarian school. Librarian school, yes. So we will have less time. But back to lawyer and puzzle video games. Right. So, I finally played Mask of Miracles. Yay! Yay, or Miracle Ma- I don't know if it's quite as yay as you think. But, for the last bit of this podcast we're gonna do a continuation of the latent spoiler cast where we talk about mask of miracles i will give you a hundred and fifty thousand spoiler warnings right before we do that everybody so just don't worry continue listening as normal until i start screaming spoilers in your ear and then you can shut it off if you want or you can continue because honestly yeah like we'll get to it when we get to that section we'll get to it yeah, we'll get to it. But honestly, if you're not, if you don't have any money, you just go ahead and listen to it. <laughs> just go ahead. Don't like watch Let's Plays because we can save you a lot of time. Yeah. Okay. But we are gonna do the question from last week. Yeah. So there were two questions, and we got a ton of answers, guys, which is good because, as you can tell, my hiccups are gone. Yay! Jesse's hiccups are so cured. You guys did your jobs really well. Okay. So. The two questions we had were, like, why is Mia working for Grossberg? He was, like, the entire reason that her life was horrible. Why? Yeah, I kind of wanted to know, like, how passive-aggressive and insane she was about, like, working for him. Okay, so let's start. Um, Green Pepsi said, like, me at the office, she would sort of ignore him and go about her work, but whenever I... He tried to talk to her. She would suddenly push him away. And Green Pepsi thinks that he would, she would just avoid him because who would want to spend time with Grossberg? I mean, he's Grossberg. Really true. Very true. Yeah. But she wouldn't outright disrespect him. She'd just, like, be tactful or put a tack on his chair or give him <sighs> caffeinated tea whenever he asked for decaf or give him decaf whenever he asked for caffeinated coffee, stuff like that. I feel like this idea of Mia as, like, a really, really passive-aggressive dash from The Incredibles is, like, the greatest thing. (laughs) It's like, he's like a, she's like a 14-year-old prankster, but really passive-aggressive. And I, that's, like, not really fitting for her, but I love it. Yes. Okay, so, now, Alpha Fail. Uh, okay, this one's pretty long. Um... Although Grossberg had been used by Red White, Alpha Fail thinks that Mia wouldn't hold a personal grudge against Grossberg, since Grossberg was a coward, so Mia would understand. And so, like, a regular day at Grossberg and Co. would probably be like, 
well, the only members we know are Mia and Armando. Grossberg would talk nonstop about his hemorrhoids. Of course he would. <laughs> and the days of his youth and the scent of fresh lemons, so on, so forth. It's Grossberg. What else does he talk about? Yeah, seriously. So Mia would probably be studying files for her next case. And Diego, after his, like, 45th cup of Armando blend number 344 <laughs> would probably be hanging around writing a list of his rules and maybe the secretary at the Grossberg law office has a crush on Armando even though she's like 40 years old <laughs> and so she keeps coming on to him like Wendy Oldback style and so um, Alphaville wants this secretary to be like Fannin accepted and he's already come up, Bill's already come up with like some awesome scenarios. So do we want to do that? Like we did just in case or. That's a good question. I think we should leave that up to everyone. Do we want a fan accepted version of Grossberg secretary? And if we do, what do you think Grossberg secretary would be like? Okay, so... Although apparently Alpha Failed has already painted this picture of a Wendy old bag except for 50 years younger and going after Godot, which is terrifying. Well, it'd be Armando, which is slightly different than Godot. Well, slightly, but do you think she'd give up? If <laughs> after, the, like, when he wakes up as Godot, you think she'd be A, fooled, and B, give up? Uh... I don't, I think she gave up, like, when he went unconscious, and then, like, when he comes back as Godot, then she'd be like, ooh, who is this guy? Dude, like, Wendy Oldbag would not give up if Edgeworth went unconscious and his hair changed color. Yeah, but... She'd know. Yes, but she's just, like, hitting on him at uh, Oldbag style. She could just, like, not be able to see properly, which... Would make her a good match for Godot, actually. <laughs> it would mean they'd both be completely incapable of, like, functioning. <laughs> That's how she got the job for Gross... No, she'd have to be highly competent. Yeah, to make up for it. Yeah, because Grossberg, like, he was pretty popular lawyer and stuff. Dude, what if what if she's, like, a undercover FBI agent who's looking into the corruption in Japanifornia, and, like, me and... Mia and Phoenix just beat her to the punch. Yeah, and then, like, the reason she's hitting on Godot is just to try and get some answers. Yeah. Of course she would recognize him and would try again when he became a prosecutor, because by that point they probably realized the prosecutors were more corrupt than the defense attorneys or as corrupt. Dude, yeah, so, like, she's just she's just trying to get information from Diego to figure out if he's being blackmailed, too. Yeah. Like, if, if he's in Red White's pocket. And then, like, he goes away. Well, because when he's in coma, Phoenix and Phoenix and Dead Mia figure everything out with the Red White thing. So I'm sure she's, like, done with the case. And then they were, like, the FBI, she goes back to the FBI and they're like, hey, wait, no, we need you to keep that persona and now just go get a job at the prosecutor's office because we're investigating them now. Ooh, yes. So that way, when Godot becomes a prosecutor, she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> She figures it all out. Oh, shit. This person's cool. Hold on. <laughs> She's awesome. Alpha fail? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys think that that's too over the top, what game series are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> because... 
But yeah, so we could come up with names for like her persona and we wouldn't need her real name or just like a last name for agent whatever. Yeah. Would she have a partner that like was work? Hmm. Do undercover agents usually have partners? All of the law and order I've seen has indicated no, they do not. All I know is anytime I watch something that has agents in it, they have partners. And if they're undercover, uh, white collar, if they're undercover, they have a whole team of people like in the background that they refer to. And they may or may not have someone working, someone or multiple someones working with them. But there's like a lot of people involved in an undercover job. Oh, okay. So I really, okay. So I really like the idea of Mia being like, oh, I'm going to totally bust Grossberg and then getting there and he's like a coward. So then she can be like, hey, Grossberg. What's with the mysterious black van with the satellite dish on top of it <laughs> sitting outside the office? And the secretary's like, that's nothing. Don't worry about it. Or it's like an ice cream truck that does not sell ice cream. Yeah, how come they scream at all the children who come by? <laughs> or like Fairly Odd Parents, it's an ice cream truck. When the kids come, it turns into a spinach truck. Oh my god, that, that's so Ace Attorney. It's so likely. Okay, I, I like the secretary, so we'll need a name, identity, like, what's her background, or what's the story she tells Grossberg for her. Yeah, I like that. We'll make that the question for next week, is Grossberg's undercover FBI secretary. Get on it, you guys. Okay, so, back. What's this? Yeah, what's the next one? Next we have from Nolan. And Nolan says, um, after Mia went through law school to join Grossberg's firm, she was prepared to kill him or ruin the firm's reputation by losing every case purposely. However, when she saw that he was just the sad old man with temporal hemorrhoids who pines for the days of his youth and is being blackmailed by Red White, she felt sorry for him and decided to leave him alone and pursue Red White. And... Um, Nolan also likes to imagine that Grossberg saw the blossoming relationship between Diego and Mia and wrote his own fan fiction about them. <laughs> oh, you had me and you lost me there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, you were so, you had me for so long, Nolan. <laughs> the thing is, like, if Grossberg was to write fan fiction for Miego, it would be self-insert where he still somehow like becomes young again and no longer has hemorrhoids and smells of lemons and steals mia from diego it would end up like that and i don't want to think about that oh my god or it would just be like him them like classic fan fiction setup where it's like they don't think that they're into each other but they're into each other this is also romantic like classic rom-com setup they don't think they're into each other, but they're into each other. And then he just inserts himself in between that and just tells them stories about the days of his youth, and then it's over. Like, nothing happened. So, like, regardless, it would be self-insert Grossberg fanfiction about his underlings. Yeah, yeah. And it would mostly be about him, because everything is mostly about him. <laughs> uh, uh, it'd be so bad, Jesse. <laughs> it'd be so bad. I kind of want to read it. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I feel like this would be as bad as that time that Joey 
found Hermione Sorting Hat fanfiction. I had bought that from my memory. Yeah, brought it back, didn't I? Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't want this, Jesse. You don't want it. Yeah. Well, what if he decided to do, like, historical fiction? Or if he was, like, a Steel Samurai fan and somehow, like, <laughs> brought that into it? I like this historical fiction. In 1492, my youth liked the scent of fresh lemons. <laughs> no, it would be so bad. Okay, so, moving on. This one is from Email Rachel. And Email Rachel says, Mia's life around Grossberg was interesting, to say the least. Um, she hated his guts, but didn't want to outwardly, outwardly sabotage his practice due to Diego, who she grew to love. Um, so when Grossberg sent her out for hemorrhoid cream runs, because she's the new, she's the new lawyer, like the intern that has to do all of that horrible, horrible stuff, she would put a kind of powder or alter the medicine somehow to make his hemorrhoids even worse, just out of spite. No, Mia, no. And then, um, Grossberg would actually, was actually very flustered when he first met Mia and didn't really want to give her the job because he's a cowardly pig. And also he wouldn't want to risk losing his pristine reputation, but Diego convinced him otherwise since he saw the light in her and Diego's uh, kept her sane while she was with Grossberg. And also when she finally told Diego about her past, they would spend hours consoling each other and being really cute. So this one is pretty good, except I don't think Mia would alter the hemorrhoid medicine, because if she did, then Grossberg will talk about it even more, and no one wants that. Oh my god, that's so true. Like, if it is worse, then he will just talk about it and, yeah. I... Maybe she, like, did it once, and then learned that he just talks even more about it, and was like, nope, not again, nope. Yeah, maybe she did that. Like, being the passive-aggressive prankster that she is. Oh, apparently, yes. <laughs> I like that one, though. Yeah. Because I feel like it's totally accurate, most of it. Yeah, it, it probably is. Yeah, like the like the Diego stuff. Like Because Grossberg wouldn't want to hire her. Because, like, he's he's not a moron. Like, he is a moron, but he's not a moron. So he knows, like, he sees, like, Mia Faye... And he's like, oh shit, that Misty chick. Like, he knows. Well, it was in the news when Misty did the did the thing with uh, Gregory. Yeah, but how many Faye's are there? Like, it could be a common name in Japanifornia. Maybe, but he's paranoid. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> I assume. I assume he's paranoid. Maybe he's not. He seems the type, though. Like a scaredy, scaredy cat who's paranoid about everything. Yeah, isn't that why he wouldn't take uh, Maya's case in the first place? Yeah. Well, that in Red White was making every all of the defense attorneys not want to take her case. Yeah. Well, maybe, like, there's also a possibility that Grossberg hired Mia because he felt bad? Like... Maybe. I feel like he'd be more concerned with covering his own ass, though. Yeah. Well, that was the last of the theories for that question. Yay! And we have a few for the other question. What's the other question? The um, when Maya offered to break Phoenix out of jail, like how that would go down. Yeah. Okay. This one's more up my alley. This question is my faves. 
Yep. Okay, so Alpha Fail for this one says, so here's how the breakout of the prison would play out. Phoenix would go to the prison window with a stepladder and a file. While filing the bars, Maya and Nick get in a fight over um, the stepladder, whether or not it's a stepladder or a ladder. So while they bicker, a prison guard catches them and Phoenix gets put in jail as well. Eventually, <laughs> they use their free call to hire Shelly the killer to break them out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like this. I like this because, okay, every single submission we got was, like, either they would fail or Phoenix, like, Maya additionally would also be put in jail. Like, that was every single one. <laughs> and so I like this one because it's like, oh, yeah, Shelly the Killer is the only confident character <laughs> in this entire game series. It's true. <laughs> like, yeah, Edgeworth would not have get- failed them out. No. He's still evil at this point. So yeah, Shelly would be the only option. And they don't even know Shelly exists, which is even funnier. (laughs) Okay, next one? Yeah. Uh, This one's from Nolan. Uh, Nolan says Maya would go with the old-fashioned route of digging a hole to Phoenix holding cell with a spoon, even though she wasn't in jail and could use a shovel. So she would then take Phoenix to a checkpoint where they would meet with Pearl and attempt to run to the Karain village. <laughs> Phoenix would not be in shape and would collapse on the way there. He would then be captured by the police and ultimately have his trial carried on in the same way as it was supposed <laughs> to go. Which, yes, except they probably... I can't know. Wouldn't the system be like competent enough to add to his sentence that he escaped? Or would they just not care? <laughs> I, I don't know. I bet you, I mean, how much, like, he would probably, it would probably be worse, but how much worse can you get than death by hanging? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, two people independent of each other decided that Maya dug the hole with a spoon. Did you notice that? Uh, yep, yeah. Like, I find that hilarious, too. <laughs> But this one seems likely, because Pearl can run as fast as a freaking train. So, like, I bet you, if they did try and run, like, even though Maya and Pearl are in, like, wooden shoes, Phoenix would suck. Like, Like, he's slightly in shape from running to chase the bus after his, like, bike gets run over to get to work. But even then, it's not that much of a run, and he would not be able to keep up with those two little girls. No, he wouldn't. Okay, so next one from Green Pepsi is uh, Maya would come up with the most idiotic plan, like digging out of the cell with a spoon. With a spoon. And then as they're speeding away, being chased by the cops, she makes um, Phoenix stop to get burgers, so they get arrested. <laughs> All of them. All of them end with both of them in jail. <laughs> or the, the last one ended with just Phoenix in jail. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Okay, and then last one from email Rachel. Maya would uh, make it bigger trouble, of course. Her shoes would make enough noise to alert all of the guards on the cell floor. And she can't really run in the shoes, but she'd still get farther than Phoenix. <laughs> Even if she took the sh- off the shoes, her uniform would make her trip, and she would probably break an ankle. She would be captured in an instant and would be inca- incarcerated with 
um, Phoenix. And so email Rachel says she would imagine the game being kind of a version of the detection system from Metal Gear Solid that would be unwinnable. Nice. I never played Metal Gear Solid, so I don't actually get that. Well, you sneak around until somebody sees you, and then you hear a big point, and then, like, you have to run or kill them. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, though. Like, I'm just... Like, <laughs> everyone has no faith in Phoenix and Maya. Well, have you, <laughs> you played them? Like, It's true. But I feel like, okay, so in, in that first case with Maya... Phoenix is effing up so bad that Mia, like, channels herself through Maya, even though Maya can't really channel very well, you know? Like, through sheer force of will, Mia channels, you know? Yeah. So I feel like if they're in this tight spot where they're escaping from jail and the police are literally chasing them, for two things. First, Maya would probably force channel, like, Usain Bolt or something. And <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's ten minutes in the future, so I'm sure St. Bolt is dead. Like, like I'm sure she'd channel him and, like, just sprint away. And secondly, the police are chasing them. Who's the police? Oh, right, it's Maggie, Gumshoe, and, like, Meekins. <laughs> <laughs> of course Phoenix can get away from frickin' Maggie, Gumshoe, and Meekins. Maybe not Gumshoe, because he did run in two. He ran all the way to the courthouse after being in a car accident. Which, we need to talk about how badass Gumshoe is at some point. We do. Gumshoe is the best. But, yeah. Yeah. But Phoenix could drop, like, a $5 bill on the ground and Gumshoe would be like, wait! <laughs> That's lunch for a month, you know? Yeah. Poor, poor Gumshoe. Yeah. Well, no. <gasps> best plan ever. They let Meekins know in advance that they are planning to escape. Because Meekins will fail at stopping them. Oh, so like a Boy Who Cried Wolf situation with Meekins then, huh? Yes. And like, even if Meekins went after them, he wouldn't be able to do it. And they could they could do it as long as Meekins knows. Like, if he's convinced, they tell him that he's going to help them break out. He refuses to tell somebody else, and then keeps checking on them to make sure that they aren't actually escaping, accidentally, like, leaves the key in the lock, so they just walk <laughs> out, and then Meekins will get in trouble anyway. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another option. The only other option is, like, because they put him in the detainment room, right? Whenever, whenever, like, uh, whenever, like, you interview him, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's in the detention center, like, detainment room. And we know that on both sides, it looks exactly the same. So there's one guard on the inside and one guard on the outside. Yeah. I feel like how we could do this is, like, Maya fake passes out or something. Like, like fake dies. And then they, like, both the guards run to the side. And Phoenix, like, punches his way out or something. And then makes a bolt for it. And then Maya either, like, force channels to get out of it or, like like, like, kicks them in the face and runs, because they're passed out since Phoenix, Phoenix punched them. And then they just, like, book it to a bus, because it's Phoenix. <laughs> and then they're just, like, on the city bus. I don't even know where they go. 
Um, probably somewhere stupid like Edgeworth's house. <laughs> That's probably exactly what would happen. They'd go to Edgeworth's house, and then Maya would, like, grubhub it for burgers. Yeah. She'd be hungry from having to escape prison. Yeah, so Maya would, here we go, Maya would grubhub it from her phone on the way to Edgeworth's house. <laughs> and so then they would, like, break in Edgeworth's back door. Because Phoenix knows how to do this from when he was a kid. They would break in Edgeworth's back door, and Edgeworth would be, like, chilling out in his wingback chair, smoking a pipe, doing Edgeworth things, or whatever. And and then, like, there would be a knock on the door, and Edgeworth would be like, I didn't order these. And Maya would, like, shove him aside <laughs> and pay for him, or get Nick to pay for him. And then Edgeworth would be like, what the fuck? How did you get in here? And Phoenix is just like, hey, I'm gonna live in your wine cellar. <laughs> And then we just skip right to the the apologizes. That's all. Yeah, like the only but if that happened, then he wouldn't get true. No, hold on, he could still get trucy. He could still get trucy because Zach is that much of a jerk. He could still he would just give trucy to Phoenix, even though Phoenix is a hobo at that point. <laughs> I feel like maybe like maybe given three years in not court, um, and assuming Edgeworth doesn't call the cops on them. Phoenix could talk Edgeworth be into like having his character development and switching to defense. Okay, so in this in this alternate reality, Phoenix is the hobo who lives in in Edgeworth's wine cellar, and uh, he talks Edgeworth into being a defense attorney instead of a prosecutor. So now instead of it like Phoenix losing the poker game or winning the poker game or whatever against Zach, Edgeworth does, <laughs> and then so now like. So now it's like Edgeworth who gets disbarred in that case, and it's I'm like, not sure he would get disbarred because he know because he has used um, forged evidence before, and he's Edgeworth, so he could still do the whole thing and win with using forged evidence without being disbarred. So you think he could just smell it on the thing that Trucy hands him? He's like, smells forged to me. Maybe, or he's like, hmm. I don't know you, small child. You've just given me some crucial evidence. I am smarter than actually using it in court. Yeah, he probably. He's smarter than that shit. But okay, so I don't think he'd be able to get away with it. Like, let's say he does use it, because everything is so heavily weighed against the defense. Yeah, that's true. But even, so like, he would still... Because, I, I mean, there's no... I don't think Edgeworth would win that case. It was kind of unwinnable. Whether he used the forge evidence or not, Zack would still disappear. Yeah, so... So maybe he wouldn't get disbarred from it, but he would lose. Okay. But regardless, he'd do better than Phoenix did. Yeah. And then and then Edgeworth would probably go back and shout down his greats or something. Like, hey, I lost this case and now there's an orphan child. And Phoenix is like, I'll take it! <laughs> It's just like, yes, order up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Phoenix ends up being a daddy anyway. Yeah, and instead of the right anything agency, it's just the right anything wine cellar inside of Edgeworth Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. This is stupid. Why do you let me talk? Why do I have a <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I don't understand why you let me talk. Because. You're more entertaining than I or Steph. Uh, I'm a fucking idiot. What are you talking about? No, you're not. <laughs>
thank everybody. Thank you, everybody, for answering the questions so thoughtfully. Yes, thank you. It made my hiccups go away. Yeah, you cured Jesse's hiccups. And really, what else is more important in the entire universe than curing Jesse's hiccups? Exactly. <laughs> All right. You want to have a break? Let's take a break. I'm Michelle, and I am the worst jailbreaker ever. I'm Jesse, and I'm going to talk to this tiger. This is that part that I warned you about where we're going to talk about Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask, okay? So, everybody's listening. This is spoilers, spoilers ahead. I'm, I'm not kidding. We're going to spoil all of Miracle Mask. If you want to hear it, you should hear it. If you don't want to hear it, turn it off. Turn it off now. Turn your whatever off. Turn it off. Delete this podcast. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. But if, you, if you're if you ambivalent, if you're sort of on the fence, just keep listening. Because one, we're hilarious. And two, we're hilarious. So that's what's <laughs> happening right now. This is uh, spoiler cast 1.5, everybody. Yay. So, so this is going to be interesting because last time I had notes. This time you have notes. Who's going to talk? Well, I didn't take any notes. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I just have the Professor Layton wiki open. That's enough notes for me. Yeah, like, I remember enough. Like, this was my first Professor Layton game. I got it. I was super excited to play. It started. The cutscenes were beautiful and amazing. And, like, the puzzles were fun. I really enjoyed all of the puzzles in the mini games. It was just... Wait, in this one? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? I like puzzles. No, I mean, this is this game has more mini games than it knows what to do with. I really like. Well, okay, I did it. So, one of the mini games was. Should we go with plot or just? Well, let's talk about that. We'll get to the plot. Let's talk about this for a second. That fucking bunny mini game. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was about to say that was the worst <laughs> because okay, so. There, it takes place in a town, there is a circus, there is a bunny that is the worst bunny lazy thing ever, so the ringmaster gives it to Luke to train. And like, first you have to figure out all of the tricks and how to teach it to him, and some of them he just learns when you talk to him, and then the ringmaster gives you a play, and then you have to go through and give emotion for each part of the play, and it was really, really dumb. I named my bunny Dick Grayson because he was from a circus and all of his family was dead. Um, which which bunny did you pick? Did you pick the one with the ears that stand up or the one that ears that flop down? Um, I think I had the ears that stand up. You were wrong. You made the wrong call. Because <laughs> the other bunny was at least a little bit cute. But, yeah, it was a really dumb mini game. You would, like, after some puzzles, I don't even know how it made sense. It would just give you a random new play. And, like, I would just go right away and do it so I wouldn't have to think about it later. Uh Uh-huh. And in my mind, like, 
whatever they were doing at the time, however they were investigating, Luke would just stop, sit down, open up a suitcase with the bunny and teach it tricks. So Lane would be like, why the hell do I have this kid and like have him follow me around? <laughs> that was what it was like. I thought I figured with the parrot or the uh, gerbil too in the old ones is that like the Luke just decides to sit the fuck down and play with his gerbil or like when you because in the first one you could put furniture in your hotel room mm-hmm. and you would just sit the fuck down and like look at a plot of your hotel room and think about how you would reorganize it when you got back like it didn't really make much sense yeah uh hate that freaking bunny man because he's like look at me i'm so cute i'm like i'm not playing nintendogs bunny get off my screen like like, I just got through all of everything I could with the bunny as quick as possible. And then once I was done, it's like, I'm not going to play with this thing. I'm going to get a play, do the play, and then forget about it. Yeah, but then you got to play with it in order to teach it tricks. It's like, oh, maybe I should rub its chest side to side. I'm like, I'm not. I am a goddamn adult, and I'm sitting here rubbing some rabbit. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, I only did that as soon as I knew all of the moves. I just ignored that bunny. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. So that was where the mini games, but let's let's go to plot now. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, let's go. Okay. So you get this letter and Oh, well, it doesn't start when you get the letter. No, you get this letter. Jesse, you don't understand. I have to start it this way. <laughs> you don't understand. You get this letter. You get it. And it's from your best friend in high school's former girlfriend. And she's like, Hey, um, we're super rich and we live in this super rich town and um, my husband had that mask that we knew about in high school, you, you remember? And also somebody stole it, so we want you to figure that out. And also he's a domestic terrorist now and he's terrorizing the town, that guy who stole the mask. So maybe you should show up. That's what she says. Yeah, so Leighton and Luke show up at the... And Emmy. And Emmy at Montedor. Yeah, Montedor. And it's like big carnival there's a parade going on yeah this town is massive like let's make that clear this town is gigantic yeah and then like suddenly um the mass mass gentleman shows up and people turn to stone yeah and that mask previously mentioned was the mask of chaos and the mass gentleman is in like a white tailcoat white tuxedo with like a freaking ascot yeah, that's right. I said an ascot, guys. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> and he's wearing he's wearing the mask of chaos. So anyway, yeah. So the masked gentleman turns a bunch of people at this party to stone or at the parade, right? And so they're stone, and so everyone's like, Ooh! and so Leighton is like, he flies away. The masked gentleman sprouts wings and flies away. Hey, guess what's never explained? Yeah, they actually did never come back. To- <laughs> they, they never explained this wings thing. I'm going to assume it's a glider. Yeah, but okay, so he sprouts wings and starts flying away, except he flaps so it can't be a glider. Anyway, so Leighton, Luke, and Emmy jump on horses, except Luke has like a, uh, like a donkey. stereotypical tiny donkey. <laughs> so they, they chase after him, and then I think they just lose him, right? Is that what yeah, happens? Yeah, er- Oh no, he stands on the roof and he's like, ha 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 ha, see you tomorrow. And then he walks away. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so they're like, huh, that was weird. Um, and they go back to investigate a little bit, but really they just go to Angela's. Your, your friend from high school, her name's Angela. So you go to Angela and you're like, hey Angela, what up? And she's like, sorry, my husband's not here right now. 
And also, it's really late, so why don't you guys just come back tomorrow and go get a hotel room? Yeah, so they go to the hotel, and is this when Leighton does the first flashback, or is that the next night? I I actually think it is tonight. So, hold on. Yeah, because, okay, so he's, yeah, he's, it's tonight. So he's mentioned, maybe it's tomorrow, I don't know, fucking no. Um, let's pretend it's tomorrow night. Okay, so, go to sleep, um... Next day, Leighton and Emmy have abandoned Luke into the hotel room because he slept in because he's a small child and needs lots of sleep. Yeah. Oh, it was the night before. Okay. Okay, so should we go should back? Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so you get... Leighton has made enough allusions to when he was in high school and these people he was friends with that Emmy and Luke are like, what? what's the deal, man? So, like, so Leighton's like, okay, I'll tell you about the that one time when we found the Mask of Chaos and why we I mean not me so he flashes back to Afro Layton everyone's favorite Layton <laughs> and uh you fuck around as Layton in school you meet his best friend Randall Randall Ascot hey remember that spoiler I mentioned <laughs> <laughs> Randall is the worst character uh, ever he's also an asshole so it's really fitting and you also meet Angela um, who is Randall's girlfriend and Henry, who is not Randall's girlfriend, he's Randall's boyfriend. I mean manservant. Yeah. And you also meet, um, De- I want to say Deaton, Dalton. Dalton? Yeah. He's like the bully. Bully, he was also from a rich, Randall was from a super rich founding family. Dalton was also from a super rich founding family. Both of them were like chasing after Angela, but Angela liked Randall. Yeah, and they're, so remember, A, both super fucking rich. Second, Angela is a hot piece of ass. Okay, continuing. <laughs> um, so Randall, like, Professor Layton, when he was Fro Layton in high school, he doesn't like puzzles. He thinks they're dumb. Or archaeology. He thinks it's dumb. And um, Randall is super into both. So he, like, hides puzzles everywhere and is generally, like, an asshole and makes you do them. Uh, but that's the gameplay, so I shouldn't complain. So you... Randall's like, hey, come come to my house tonight, and we're going to go on an adventure or some shit. I have to show you something. So Leighton's like, okay. I thought this one ended, like, when he... Yeah, you ne- you never get there. Oh, yeah, before he gets there. <laughs> you, right. don't, you don't ever get there. Was this the one with, like, Leighton's parents, and then the side yeah. video had the kidnapping thing? Yes. You, like, get home, and your mom's freaking out, and... You're like, what's up, mom? And she's like, your dad's run away and he's been kidnapped by some people. So you go, you're like, okay, calm down, mom. And you go through the entire freaking town and you get, you find your dad and your dad's like, your mom's just being ridiculous. And then you go back home and you have dinner. But then it had the bonus video that if you watched, it was after like Leighton went to bed and his parents are talking and his mom's like, what really happened? Why did those guys come after you? Why are they looking for Herschel? And it's never explained. It's never explained. Well, I'm glad I didn't watch that bonus video then. Yeah, like, I watched all of the bonus videos and, eh. You're a good person, because I watched one of them and I was like, well, these are shit. Yeah, like, the thing is, what happened with his dad makes sense with what happened at the cutscene at the very end. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Well, I think you do go to Randall's. Okay, so hold on. So you leave your house after, after dinner... You can't go through the front door because Randall's dad is crazy. Yeah. Well, first of all, you meet, you're on the way and you meet Angela in, like, 
the most romantic setting ever, and I was super uncomfortable. <laughs> like, it's like moonlit, like river lake thing with fields, and and you meet her, and she's like, like talking about how you guys are gonna be friends forever and have all these memories, and I'm like, Angela, stop hitting on me. <laughs> Like, uh, and luckily Leighton just talks about Randall the whole time. So, you get to Randall's mansion, and you can't go in the front door, so you have to solve a puzzle to get into his window. And Randall's like, what up, yo? I discovered the secret Azran ruins where the Mask of Chaos is rumored to have been. And Herschel's like, that shit doesn't exist. And Randall's like, yeah, it does. It's right here. And you're like, oh, and then you guys wake up. Like, it's the next day. Yeah. In the in the present, in Top Hat Layton, it's the present again. So, Luke Luke is the only one still sleeping, so he wakes up, finds Emmy and Layton, solves some more puzzles, because this is a classy hotel that has puzzles for all of its patrons. Uh-huh. Then you go to the police? I think so. Well, first you go to Angela, and you're like, Angela, what up? And she's like, Henry's still not here. Yeah. And then she's like, maybe you should talk to the police because his office is closed down and he's not here. So you go and you go to the police and Groski's there. Yeah, Groski. Freaking yeah. But every time Groski came, like, every time you talked to him when he came to see you or, or any time he left, the screen shook. So I just took that to assume that just the mere presence of Broski would just change the fabric of the world. It's true. It's true. Have you seen him? Yes, he's, he's awesome. He's so powerful that he just shakes the entire world. But okay, so Groski and his friend from Scotland Yard are there. His friend is named Detective Bloom. He looks it's like Orlando Bloom. Like, every time I saw him, I was like, Legolas, Orlando Bloom, what the hell? Really? Well, he, I think he did look like an elf, but he looked a bit like to me. He looked like a cross between an elf and like a like a stereotypical nineteen fifties gray skinned Martian. And so I was like, "What are you?" Yeah, but like when I thought, I I always thought Legolas. Well, also because it was Bloom, I just assumed the translators like did that. So did he have a first name? I can't remember it. Ah, it's not important. Oh, okay. Well, um, so they go to the the police. Luckily. Where Groski is is competent in everything except his job. Detective Bloom is competent, very competent at his job. So, <laughs> and Layton Layton addresses this guy like he has met him before. So like, it's another one of those situations in a Layton game where they introduce a new character and they assume that you assume that everyone knows who he is. So, it was I was confused and then immediately suspicious. So. <laughs> So he, you go into this police briefing where Bloom and Groski are taking over because they're from Scotland Yard, not Monte Dor. So they're like, uh, we got to stop this masked gentleman motherfucker because he's fucking shit up. And so they're like, yeah, well, how do you know he's not magic? And so Leighton systematically proves that it wasn't magic every single time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, cool. And, um. Oh, and you meet you. You meet Michelle. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm the I'm the secretary at City Hall, and I'm the best character. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that was Jesse. Was weird. <laughs> it was super weird because the secretary at City Hall has like short, flippy purple hair, which my hair is not flippy, or my hair is not purple, but it is flippy. And she's like, 
super she's like how come the police are so inept and what is this garbage and like super pessimistic and then she gives you puzzles about top hats coffee and then a chick so it's like listeners you don't know but i really like hats (laughs) it's true that's like a thing and then i also really like coffee that's like a thing and then my mom has chicken so (laughs) i'm like what the fuck is happening i'm in this game it was weird yeah but okay where what are we doing um so after talking to police and bloom and groski and the chief of police who like hates that bloom and groski are there just suspicious of scotland yard just what it's their town they can handle it and so then you go and investigate the town and where the miracles happen so puzzles galore Oh, and then there's also that one little girl that keeps losing her mom. That, yeah. Like, the first time you meet her, she's crying. By the end of the game, it's like, eh, we have a place to meet. I can stay lost. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm... Um, the circus in Dalton happen at some point. Yeah, okay, so you're, so you go to the police, right, and you systematically prove everything. And then, um, as a result of you proving everything... The art museum, which was closed because one of the masked gentleman's dark miracles was to make all of the paintings come to life. And Leighton just straight up goes like, that didn't happen. Let me tell you about X, Y, and Z. And so they're like, great, we can open the art gallery again. So you go to the art gallery, and the guy's super thankful. And then everyone sort of starts insinuating that Dalton probably did it. Because Dalton is super rich and also moved to this town because... Pretty much everybody from Leighton's hometown growing up moved to this place. Yeah. Oh, wait. Can we talk about Monte Dor for a second? Yes. So Stansbury is the city that you and Randall and Dalton and Angela and Henry all lived in when you were in high school. Um, Stansbury looks like your straight-up normal-ass London town, or not, uh, English town in the English countryside with, like, cottages and shit. And there's some, like, cliffs, and that's their, like, big draw to the city, is, like, these cool cliffs, right? Monte Dora is in the Great England Desert. Which, like, <laughs> the great countryside desert of England. There's an oasis, there are camels, like, it is a desert, you know. It, it makes no goddamn sense. It's in the desert, you guys. In England. In England. It, it's just fucking, no, no. No. Okay, but okay. So, and that never stops bothering you through the whole game. It's true. Like, <laughs> So we just have to assume that in the Professor Layton universe, England, kind of similar to Japan in the Phoenix Wright universe, England has detached from <laughs> its island status, and it's gone east and then just kind of, like, wrapped itself around Spain and then shoved its way to between Spain and, and Africa so it just, can just be in the Mediterranean and then plopped itself down right on the, like, the that desert right there. While still being an island somehow. Still being an island. They just built a bridge, and instead of that bridge going to France, it goes to the frickin' desert. <laughs> so, so that's what we're assuming here from this point forward. Yeah. But okay, so... um. Everyone from Stansbury has moved to Monte Dor, um, including Henry and Dalton, who are the main, like, big rich people who own the entire town, and they compete. They own, like, 
they're competing. They own all of the cons uh, casinos, all of the hotels. Dalton brought in the circus to get more money and because he likes the tiger. And like Henry is just funding all of his other things and doing his best. So you go to talk to Dalton and Dalton's like, what up, Leighton? Where the hell have you been for 18 years? And Leighton's like, shut up, I have a life. <laughs> and um, uh, so Dalton's like, it wasn't me. I'm not the masked gentleman and I'm not funding the masked gentleman because I love this town. Why would I jeopardize my own businesses? Um, and Leighton's like, fair point, but we need to talk to Henry. And Dalton's like, fine, go talk to Henry. So you, I guess you go back and talk to Henry. Or does Henry not show up until after Dalton's arrested? He shows up at Dalton's arrest. That's when you yeah. meet him. and then you... Okay. So you go to talk to Dalton, and you're you're running out of time before the next dark miracle happens. And so you go back to the art museum, and you... Right? It's by the... Yeah, you go out in front of the art museum, and you're waiting for the second dark miracle to happen. And then the masked gentleman shows up and is fucking around. Oh, I think you... You talked to Angela again at one point, but that's not yeah. important. So the masked gentleman is up on this tight tightrope, except you don't know things so. He it looks like he's just walking on air. And he's fucking spinning his cane around and being really cryptic, but not really cryptic at all. <laughs> and, and he um he makes some people in the audience fly up into the air and disappear. Yeah. So so the masked gentleman does that and then he's like, See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> like like a dumb shit. He's just like, ah, oh, my next dark miracle will be in the the amusement park because this town has a freaking amusement park. Yeah. And he so he's like, see you guys. And then um the police are all there because they wanted to catch him, but they can't catch him because he's walking on air about twenty feet in the air. So Mass Gentleman leaves, then Dalton shows up. Well, Dalton was there because Leighton was like, well, if you're not in charge of the masked gentleman, why don't you come to the Dark Miracle? So Dalton's like, that was crazy, huh? And then gets immediately arrested by like a hundred policemen. Now, here's the thing. The masked gentleman is pretty small, like, slides. Yeah, he's super skinny. Gymnast type, body type. Dalton. Built like a wall. Yeah, he's like beefy, strong, intimidating looking guy cannot possibly be the same person. Well, I assumed that they thought he was, like, the benefactor of the masked gentleman. Yeah, well, like, they mentioned that, but they also said he himself was the masked gentleman, but also the police in this town are kind of dumb. And yeah. the same person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay, so he's arrested by all of them, and he's like, what's going on? Leighton's like, he was standing by me the whole time, it couldn't have possibly been him. And also he's built like a brick wall. And, um... Henry pops out. Let me talk about Henry for a second. Henry looks evil. He looks like a creeper. He looks so evil. Like, if you just... He's got, like, brown hair and is, like, regular... He's got a goatee now that he's older. So, okay, so he's got evil facial hair. <laughs> he's got heavily lidded eyes, so they he kind of looks vaguely pissed off the whole time. Okay, evil eyes. Yeah, like... He just looks freaking evil. He's always frowning. Like his eyebrows are always knitted. He glares all the time. Yeah. So he and he's always got his like. He's just an angry motherfucker. So he looks evil as a result. Yeah. Yeah. So he just looks super evil. 
So uh, he pops out, and this is the first... You've been here for days, like at least 24 hours. And this is the first time you've seen Henry, supposedly your friend, like your childhood friend from high school. And he just hasn't made time for you. So you're like, Henry, what the... What are you doing? And Henry's like, grr, because that's how Henry is always. (laughs) So... And Angela's um, like, don't worry about him. Like, he's still good. Yeah, it's... Yeah. So, but now it's nighttime, and so you're like, we can't do anything, so you go back to the hotel room. And you continue on with the story. Like, back to Fro Layton in high school, meeting up with uh, Randall, Angela, and Henry shows up to get ready to go on the adventure to see the ruins and whatnot. Um, You do this, Henry, or no, Randall does this whole pact with Angela because she doesn't want them to go because she thinks bad things are going to happen. And he's like, he's going to propose, but he doesn't. Well, we're not even there yet. Like, first he's like, let's go on an adventure. And you go, like, to those cliffs and shit, and, and then she freaks out and runs away. Yeah. And then, like, Henry goes off to, like, comfort and protect her and stuff. Yeah, and then she's like, ah, oh, something about my brother being dead. Oh, yeah, I forgot she had That we never talk about again. She's like, oh, my brother said the same thing before he left forever. And you're like, wait a second, is he dead or did he just leave? And uh, so Randall's like, no, we're going to be careful, I swear. And then they're like, Herschel, you need to take care of Randall. And you're like, got it, I'm on it. And then, like, you wake up. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not super, super, like, yeah, it's not super in-depth, that one. So you just wake up the next day, and you go, and you're like, why is Dalton still in jail? And they're like, because he did it. You're like, you guys are morons. So you have to go prove Dalton couldn't have done it, and you do this by going to the circus and talking to the old tiger. After yeah. you solve, after you solve a puzzle that the tiger gives you, yeah, the tiger's bored, and so the tiger says something along the lines of Dalton was chilling out because remember Luke can talk to animals, so the the tiger says something like Dalton was chilling out with me after the circus on all of the other days when the mass like the the miracle the miracle happened, yeah, so so uh, um so you go back to the police and you're like Dalton didn't do it and we can prove it and they're like oh really. How can you prove it? They're like, we have a witness. They're like, bring us the witness. And you're like, well, problem. It's a tiger. It's a tiger, so maybe we can't prove it. And they're like, you're like, you're essentially like, if another dark miracle happens tonight, Dalton's innocent, right? And they're like, yeah. And so you're like, oh, cool. That's gonna happen. And they're like, that's okay. We're not putting any police anywhere because we doubt it's gonna happen since we got the guy. Like, Because they're idiots. Yeah. And so you, also while this is happening, you prove exactly how he did the walking on air thing and the getting rid of the people thing last night, which is like he was walking on a tightrope and there, um, a bunch of, uh, all of the people had little, like, I don't know, what, propeller things? I don't even remember, but like, Leighton figured it out because nobody reported anyone missing. Yeah, which is, has been... Uh, a running, a recurring theme is that no one ever goes missing because they're all tourists, so how could you possibly know who they were? 
but no one ever reports anyone missing. Yeah. Including the time he set a bunch of people on fire. Oh, yeah, that was one of the Dark Miracles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just freaking, like, set a bunch of people on fire. But, okay, so, so, anyway, you go back, you go to, um, you realize that the tightrope was strung up through the, um, the art museum. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Henry had recently made a donation of a bunch of heavy stuff that they put at the top of the art museum. Like, such that would hold a tightrope down. You see, you feel me? So, Leighton's like, uh-oh. And then you talk to this rando accountant guy who keeps running around, and he keeps going like, Henry is profiting from the mass gentleman. And you're like, what? What are you doing here? Like, get away from us, rando accountant guy. But anyway... Oh, my voice is fucking up. Okay, so you go back to Henry's house, and he's finally there, and he serves you tea passive-aggressively. Because <laughs> he used to be... Remember when Randall, back in, when you were growing up, Randall was rich. Henry was just his servant. Like, weirdo servant boy who lived in his house. And you guys were friends, and you went to school with him, but he was still, like, like a weird sort of new-agey slave, which made no sense to me. Did you understand that? Uh, like, he was very loyal to the family. Is this, like, a Japan thing I'm not gonna understand? No! It was just, he was very, I don't know. It's because it was, it's Britannifornia in whatever, uh, ten minutes in the past. Okay, so it's weird. Anyway, like, he's just, like, a weirdo servant who works in the household, and he loves Randall. So, um... So, okay, so Henry, like, now he's super rich. And so he doesn't, he's like, I would never let guests serve, I would never let my servants serve tea to my guests. And it's like, hey, do you understand the concept of servants? Uh, but he, he comes in and you're like, hey, um, Henry, so are you working with the masked gentleman? And he's like, get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, fuck you, get out of my house. And, and he says something about how you're a terrible friend and you besmirch Randall's name and this, that, and the other thing. It's heavily, like, it's, like, heavily not not said, but heavily implied that Randall is dead and he died and it's your fault. Yeah, but the best part about that part of the game, though, was he kicked you out and then you got to, like, investigate the house and look for puzzles and stuff. Oh, yeah, you could, I mean... He said, get out of my house and you could just chill or whatever. And then, like, Angela escorts you out and she... She's standing on the balcony or whatever, and she's like, you're like, hey, Angela, are you working with the best gentleman? And she's like, get off of my porch. <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry about my husband, but stop it. What are you doing? Yeah, so I don't remember where you go after this. I guess it's like nighttime. Well, I think you say something, you say something to Henry and Angela, something along the lines of, well, if you're not the masked gentleman or working with the masked gentleman, show up at Pumpkin Park tonight. Yeah, because that's where the next... Okay, so they go to Pumpkin Park. Yeah, you explore it. It's packed full of people. And then the masked gentleman... Well, hold on. Before, I think prior to that, when you were having the yelling at Henry fun time, um, Angela said something along... Angela keeps insisting that you need the mask of order. All the masked gentleman wants the mask of order because he's wearing the mask of chaos if we just find the mask of order and give it to him everything will be fine and Leighton is like we do not negotiate with terrorists and so you continue like you just ignore her 
the whole also, time. Also, Leighton doesn't believe in magic. That too. He's like, he's like, Psh, it's not real. Also, don't give him what he wants. Are you crazy? And Henry's like, because An- Angela keeps insisting that Henry has it. Angela's like, Henry, you found the Mask of Order when you found the Mask of Chaos at the in the Azran like tomb or whatever. Just give it to him. Where is it? Where are you hiding it? Why are you hiding it from me? And Henry's like, shut up, Angela. I don't have the thing. Also, stop accusing me of all of this garbage. So that happened. Now Pumpkin Park. So you get to Pumpkin Park. You explore stuff. Uh, meet up with Groski, who's patrolling the park because he's Groski. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You get you go on a roller coaster. Yeah. And Professor Layton keeps his top hat on the whole time. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and Emmy is bag bitch. Okay, continue. Yeah, um, then you see the masked gentleman, Emmy, Luke, Professor Layton, Henry, Angela, follow the masked gentleman into, like, this tower thing. And then they come back out, go back to the amusement park, Everyone's missing. Yeah. And then he grabs Angela and makes it entirely clear that his goal is to take back what is his and then lets Angela go and leaves. Yeah. Like, it's really, 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 really not not even hidden at all. Like, it's really clear. Like, before this point, you ran into this guy by a casino with the most glorious beard talking about how he's looking for a friend that went missing a few months ago that and yeah it's pretty obvious it's and he's like he also when he says he's gonna take back what's his he's like this is how it feels henry to be subject to such a crime and also but you're the worst for betraying me like (laughs) basically it's not at all hidden who you know who it is. It's like he's not trying. It's like he's not even trying. He's wearing an ascot. <laughs> it's, yeah, so then after that, Dalton's released. Um, you go back to apartment to sleep to get the rest of the flashback Layton. Yeah. Now, this, in my opinion, was the worst part of the game. Because I hate you, Randall. You're right, because it is the... Okay, it's the worst. Ah, I hate you, Randall. um, Typically in Layton games, it goes like Ace Attorney style, where you have like a background, and you change locations, and the background changes, and then you have your sprites on the screen, right? Yeah. So in this flashback, Herschel and Randall go out into the Great England Desert to go to the Azran ruins so they can find they're following this map on the that was on the back of the Mask of Chaos and they're trying to find the Azran treasure. So you go into these ruins and it turns into like a Zelda style 8-bit puzzle dungeon crawler. Yep. Except all of the puzzles are not so great. Like you have to move rocks and shit and it's horrible and you have to fight robot mummies. In each room to get out, you have to get to the other side, and, like, there are usually two platform stand things, and you need one person on each. So every time you get into a room, Randall just goes to the closest one, stands there, and is like, you can do it, Layton! Yeah, well, first, 
Hold on. When you enter the ruins, he gives you a shovel and teaches you how to dig with it, which means the only reason he brought you is because he's a prissy rich bitch and you're going to dig for him. Yes. Let's get that out of the way first. And then you're going through the rooms, and whenever you hit robot mummies with swords, he just he t- he books it to the button, and he's like, yeah, I'm your cheerleader. And you're like, no, fuck you, you've just sentenced me to death. Yeah, like, every time I played this game, you can act Stephanie. All I said was, I hate you, Randall. You are the worst best friend. Screw you, Randall. You suck. Yeah, but by some miracle, you make it. And you use your fencing skills, because you and Randall both know how to fence. So you use your fencing skills at one point, and that cutscene was beautiful, and that puzzle was fun. Yeah. And there's like there's like 28,000 levels of this goddamn dungeon. It is the <laughs> worst. It goes on forever. But okay, so you make it to the last room before the treasure room. And you you jump on s- giant stepping stones across a river, and then like, or is it a giant gap? No, it's like a river, and then, like, you trigger a cave-in, and the river and everything falls down into, like, the abyss. And Randall also falls down, and Herschel catches him by his hand. And Randall's got the Mask of Chaos in one hand, because it's the map, remember? So he's holding the mask, and he's holding Herschel's arm, and you can't see me, but I'm doing this in real life. Yeah, like, I can imagine it. (laughs) So he's holding the mask, and he's got this giant backpack on. And so Herschel's like, Randall, let go of the mask. And give me your other arm so you don't die. And Randall's like, I'm so sorry, tell Angela I'm so sorry, I was gonna marry her, I love her. And you're like, Randall, no, just throw the mask up here and give me your arm. Like, no, he's like, I'm so sorry. Randall, just give me your arm. And then he just lets go of Herschel and dies. But here's the thing. They are in a room filled with gold. Behind Lynn. They're not in the gold room yet. No, this is the room before the gold room. Right. There's a door. Regardless, Randall, I hate you, Randall. I hate you. Yeah, so he's like, he doesn't, okay, so Herschel's like freaking crying his eyes out because his best friend's about to die. And he's like, Randall, just give me your, like, give me your arm, Randall. I can't hold you. I need to pull you up. Give me both of your arms. And Randall's like, no, it's gonna be like, just tell Angela I love her. And it's like, dude. Dude, just freaking throw the mask onto the rock that Herschel is on and then give him your arm. You're a motherfucker. Like, yeah. But he falls with the mask. That's the important detail here is he falls to his death with the mask of chaos. So, so. Leighton goes to the room full of gold and cries because he just lost his best friend. Yeah, like cries the whole time. And then he goes back to Stansbury and like cries because he's got to tell his other friends that he just killed their best friend. Yeah. And then he's, like, heartbroken, so he moves away. Meanwhile, Henry um, d- dedicates his entire life to searching these ruins and finding Randall's body. Or finding Randall alive. Because he refuses to believe that Randall's not dead because he's in no. love with Randall. He's delusional, and 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 I don't even know. So he just keeps looking uh, in the great England desert and... Um, that's how the town of Montedora was built, is because he 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 had like a rans like a ransom scavenger parties where if you find it you Well, it wasn't it. just him, it was him and like Randall's parents, but then they lost their fortune looking for yeah. Randall. Well but like they they started out with like a reward if you find him and then 
the reward got big enough because of their whole fortune that they built a hotel for all of the people looking for the reward, and then that hotel grew into Monte Dor. So Monte Dor is built on top of the ruins of that Azran, like, death dungeon place that you had to, like, go through. Okay, that's important. Yeah, so you, Randall dies, everyone cries, you wake up. So next day, you go exploring, go to the police, get some more information on the miracles. Well, yeah, you still don't know how everyone has turned to stone. No, we figured that out, because remember the carts? Well, you have to, you have to go, like, find the carts, and like, oh yeah, because we were, when we were accusing Henry, we accused him of that, too. So, they, he figured out how everyone was turned to stone. It involved carts from a racetrack that Henry owns. So, yeah. So, the masked gentleman's last night, he said that his final Dark Miracle will be at Reunion Inn, which is the biggest hotel in town. It's not the one you're staying at. Yeah, it was the first one, and it's called Reunion Inn because that's where Henry wants the reunion to... Yeah. We're not even trying anymore. Like... <laughs> It's, they told me it was called Reunion Inn, and I was like, motherfuck, like, of course it's called Reunion Inn. We can't even be a little bit poetic about this. So, you get there, and you meet, like, the guy in charge, the manager, and he, like, lets you go to his office, and Luke and Emmy explore, and Leighton goes off and explores yeah. someplace else. This is the really important time where Leighton's like, I'm gonna split off from you guys for no discernible reason and then come back later. And you're like, oh, so you're gonna go solve the plot and I'm gonna be here with Emmy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You get a map. Um, then you go through all of the rooms. Didn't they find something important? Did Emmy... Oh, they found, like, some diary or something of Henry's. Yeah, that had the map on it, too. And Yeah, but they look... They find stuff. The masked gentleman confronts them. Well, first he turns the power out. Luke gets kidnapped and hung and thrown off of the, like, 11th floor. The highest floor. balcony inside. Because the inside is, like, uh, every floor is open to, like, this giant, like, what the hell is that called, Jesse? Like, I, I don't even know. There's, like, balconies that face inside, and every floor has balconies that face inside so it's like a big giant round ass tower of nothing that goes up to the sky so luke just gets thrown from that yeah and so leighton goes and saves him not because he wanted to but because he's like it would be fun to zip line <laughs> down this is his big badass moment for the game yeah is where he zip lines using candlesticks to save luke who's hung by his pants and very concerned about his pants falling down that happens, um, you meet up with Angela and Henry, which, wasn't Angela kidnapped? No, she was only kidnapped for that, like, five-second period. Um, but then, so you're, you meet up with Angela and Henry and the masked gentleman, and Leighton and Luke and Emmy are all there, and you're down in the lobby, and you, Leighton is like, he's like, enough of this bullcrap, he's like, hey, Randall. <laughs> Like, thank God Leighton's not surprised. I would have just lost my shit if he was surprised. But he's like, hey, Randall. And so the masked gentleman's like, well, I don't need this anymore. And he takes off the mask of chaos. And it's Randall, everybody. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yes. <laughs> you can. But thankfully, 
Henry is really surprised. <laughs> Angela, not so much. But Henry is like, what? And and Randall gets really upset, and he says that after he fell off the thing, he got amnesia for a long time, and then he started getting mysterious letters that were like, hey, let me explain your amnesia. And then the letters told him that Henry had betrayed him and stolen all his money and his girlfriend, and so now Randall wants revenge. So he's like, this is my revenge, and he triggers some sort of weird doomsday device, which starts flooding Monte Dor with the sand of the great England desert from outside. So he's like, from whence you have come, for whence you will return, or something, and like everything starts flooding with sand and all the people start dying. Yeah, so this is when Leighton is like, you know, we're built on the Azran, like, uh... Tunnel thing. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna go down there, we're gonna fix this. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, because, like, Leighton is like, like, everything's flooding us in, and everyone's like, ah, ah, what do we do? And Leighton's like, hey, how about we solve the Azran uh, puzzle thing? What, uh, why don't we do that? Why don't we find the ruins and the real treasure? And Angela's like, what are you talking about? We need the Mask of Order so that we can stop all this. And everyone else is like, Leighton, do something. And he's like, I think I'm gonna go uh, explore the ruins. You guys wanna come? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, He's like, all we need to do is explore the ruins. It'll be fine. And Angela's like, what are you talking about? We need the Mask of Chaos. We need the Mask of Order to even get into the ruins. So Leighton just goes to, like, a sewer grate that, like, happens to be in the middle of town and is like, this isn't a sewer grate at all. It's the door to the secret treasure room that was not even the secret treasure room I found. This is the real treasure room. And we need the Mask of Chaos. Turns out I have it. (laughs) Yeah, apparently... The Mask of Chaos and the Mask of Order. There was... Well, first, turns out the Mask of Chaos was stored in that storage room that Leighton went into when he split off from you and solved the plot. Remember that? And then you go down and he, Angela's still like, we need the Mask of Order. And he breaks up, he breaks apart the Mask of Chaos. Two pieces. Yeah, this piece is the Mask of Order. This is the Mask of Chaos. Someone just had them together. And it has been the whole time. Yeah. So... You put the things on the pedestal, you use Angela, and you guys solve puzzle, and then the the entire ruins kind of rise up out of the ground, but as a result, all of the sand dumps into the ruins, so everyone's fine. So, yeah, so solved that problem. And then, the Mask of Order has been found, so guess who shows up? Angela. And Well, it's the end, right? So Randall's like, and everyone is like, calm the fuck down, Randall. Like, just calm down. And Angela's like, well, he's like, well, everyone's like, calm the fuck down, Randall, for a second. And Leighton's like, okay, Angela, you've been being weird the whole time. It's because you're not Angela. You're the one who's been manipulating the masked gentleman. And Angela whips off her everything, and it's Descolet. <laughs> and then it's like, what? How did you know, Leighton? <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, What? And then Descolet's like, haha, thank you, Leighton, you've done everything I wanted. And then he, like, backflips away and out of the game, and no one cares anymore. Yeah, so then you had been traveling with the hotel manager, who whips off everything. And is the real Angela. Leighton had her dress up as the hotel manager, full mask and everything. Because she was tied up in the storeroom where Descolet put her. When he assumed her, pers- per- like assumed her in disguise. So, but really, okay, can we talk about this for a second? Because this was the big twist of the game: is that Angela is secretly Descolet, and Leighton 
does not give a shit. <laughs> the thing is, she hadn't been Descalay for long, only like a day or two days. But like Leighton, when it when the switch happened, Leighton had noticed it and did nothing. Yeah, Leighton. No, this is another Flora situation. Like Leighton noticed that she was being weird and that she probably wasn't Angela anymore. One did not care. Two did not do anything. Three did not alert anyone. Like. <laughs> Four did not try to find the real Angela because when you arrived, it was the real Angela, and then she just mysteriously goes missing, and is replaced by another Angela, and he just he just gives no shit, and then Descale like backflips away and is out of the game, and none of the police care, none of Scotland Yard cares, Leighton doesn't care, Luke doesn't care, Emmy doesn't care, nobody cares. So then, last time we saw him, we killed him in the movie. He died. He fell off of a giant robot. Okay, sorry. I'm still upset about why no one cares. So then, Randall, like, realizes, because his mom, does she pop up before or after? After. They explain everything to him, and then he almost kills himself again, and then his mom shows up. Yeah, so, like, they explain, and he's like, wait, so you guys didn't portray me? You did, you did still love and care for me, Henry and Angela, because... Of reasons no one understands. Yeah, I don't deserve this. It's well, cause, cause that's what they do. Is they're like Randall, calm the fuck down, and they explain that Henry built up Monte Dor to to earn back the fortune that Randall's parents had, and he built up Monte Dor all in Randall's name. So Randall owns the entire city. So Randall's rich, and the entire marriage is a sham. So that way, like, like neither of them were really married. So that way, Angela has been waiting for Randall for, like, frickin' 18 years. And Henry has, like, been keeping her safe, I guess, is the... Whatever, like, from... He promised he would protect her, and he has. And he has by fake marrying her. Yeah, and just, like... And so Randall's like, you did all of that for me? I don't deserve this. I'm such and I'm a horrible like, no, you person. Don't. So I'm going to jump off this cliff and kill myself and force you to do what you had to do the first oh, time. Wait. That made me so... Yeah, because there's like a giant sinkhole. And so it like forms up around it. So he falls sort of down the sinkhole. And Leighton, of course, goes and catches him and by like, one arm. And And it's like parallel again, right? And so Randall's like, I don't deserve any of this. I'm just going to fall. Let me fall, Herschel. And I'm like, no, bitch. You're not going to let poor Leighton be responsible for your death again. Do you understand how selfish this is? And instead, Henry comes and he grabs he grabs Randall's arm. And so by their both of their power combined, Leighton and Henry can pull him back up. Yeah, it's a good thing we couldn't control that part or else I would have dropped him. I would have dropped that motherfucker so fast. <laughs> yeah, so then his mom shows up and they do like a wrap-up cutscene. So it's like, yay! And... Then they do the credits, and you get to, like, see how they continue. You get to see pictures of them when they were kids. And it just, yeah. And it was like, okay, so the so the, the end with Leighton and Emmy and Luke is, like, they're leaving. They're getting back in the Mobile to go back home. And Le- Luke is like, huh, so the whole city belonged to him the whole time, and they never betrayed him. And Leighton's like, yep. And Emmy's like, oh, so everyone gets to live happily ever after, right? And Leighton's like, yep. And that's the end of the game. Oh, and Dalton's also super happy Randall's back for some reason. They were bros. They were kind of like a Gary O'Gash Ketchum bros. 
Yeah, but, uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was the least of my problems. Yeah, so then, like, you skipped all of those... Yeah, now we get to the real good stuff. Hold on, so you skipped all that shit, now we're to the real good stuff. So at the final, the final credits, you see Descalay with his servant? His, yeah, his rando butler we didn't know that Descalay had. Yeah, and so they're, like, at the Azran ruins, and, like, he's like, finally, I have all of the things I need, or... Yeah, it was, the like, the secret shit from the first flashback game. So the there's, like, remember in the... in in uh, What was that game called? Spectre's Flute. In Spectre's Flute, they unearthed, like, a super secret, super pure tropical land underneath a lake. So that plus the movie thing... Because in the movie they found... What was that place called? Um, I don't even remember, but it was like the song... Uh... They found, yeah, the, the ruins of some other lost civilization. And um, so he's like, hey, I got the things, from the, the things from the first game and the thing from the second game. And then now the Azran ruins. And I built this giant... Did you know what the hell that thing was? Because it looked like... That thing from Star Wars Episode 3, original Episode 3, so I guess Episode 6, is where it's, like, in the middle of the sand and it's a bunch of blades and shit that are eating things. And it's like, uh, I don't, it was... It's like a death machine. Yeah. In the ground. And so Descalay's, like, soup's happy about it. And then, um, freaking a million black SUVs and helicopters show up. And then, um, he's surrounded by... So in one of the little cutscene things... I don't... Was it an extra one, or was it a regular... No, it was a real one. Okay. We learned that Agent... Or Special Agent Bloom is working for an evil guy. Yeah. And... Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, so... They commented on Bloom missing at some point, but no one cared. So they go... <laughs> uh, Descalay attacks them, and then his mask is knocked off, and then, like... Before anyone can see his face, Descalade's battle butler, like, does a ninja sand attack, and then they disappear. I can't even begin to explain how cool this cutscene was. You guys, if you didn't play it, go watch, I don't even know what you'd look it up as, like, secret Descalade cutscene, Miracle Mask, or whatever. Go look this up on YouTube. Because it's, like, the evil guy, like, that was sort of alluded to is, like, he's got, like, a motherfucking goatee, like, pointy beard, long hair, sunglasses, and so he pops out of the... SUV, and he's like, Descola, I'm gonna take this, and is like, fuck you, I worked for this. And he starts, Descola starts kicking ass on a level that should not be allowed in a latent game. Like, he starts taking out henchmen left and right, and the only thing that stops him is, I think, like, Sunglasses, like, shoots him or something. Like, how does he take him out? Hold on. But Sunglasses takes him out. Like, the only thing that could stop Descola's, like, kick-ass of terror is Sunglasses, and that's why Sunglasses knocks his mask off, and Descalay has to hide his face, right? And then the battle butler thing. Which, a battle butler, come on. I know. But come on. Yeah, so he just knees him. Like, sunglasses guy, he just knees him, tosses him away, takes his boa. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he rips his boa and his cape off. Which is sad. But he look, Descalay looks a thousand times better without the cape and the boa on. Yeah. And then uh, the other... Agents, like, they're dressed kind of like cops, so... Yeah, I think it's supposed to be, like, secret government agency. A vague but menacing government agency. Yeah, so they 
takes him down, and then Battle Butler does it right before. But yeah, so it's um, so that then Duskalay and his Battle Butler disappear, and and Sunglasses is like, now we have everything we need to do something or the other, and then that's so that's your allusion to like the final game in the prequel trilogy. So like, it made me excited for the next game. Yeah, but this one not so good, not so great. Like. The puzzles. I liked the puzzles. That was it. Yeah, but I mean, it just, it was the weakest. This is the weakest of the the entire series, I think. Yeah, but it does give us a lot of insight on Leighton, because, um, our theory, Leighton learned how to treat women from Randall. From Randall. Because Randall was his best friend and influenced, like, everything in his life, like, archaeology oh. and puzzles and all of that crap. And they totally treat, like, Randall totally treated Angela just like Leighton treats Flora. And it's like, no. Leighton, no. So, and then Leighton's parents are awesome. Like, yeah. why doesn't he take after them? He he was rebellious for no apparent reason. I don't understand why. Like, he was rebellious because they forced him to move right before he got into high school. That's the what? only thing I can think of. Which, if you're a random teenager out there, don't do that. <laughs> so Sometimes your parents are right about stuff. Particularly, how you treat your weirdo adopted daughter with giant eyes later. Don't. Don't be mean to her. Just don't have friends like Randall. Oh, jeez. Don't be like Randall. Don't have friends like Randall. You, you Don't be like Henry either, because you're getting played for a fool. Like, I feel so sorry for... Both Henry and Angela, because they're both so in love with Randall, and they just don't see what a horrible, horrible person he is. Yeah. And, I mean, Leighton's a little less enamored, but he's still, like, unnecessarily forgiving. Ah, oh, it's, it's so bad. Okay. I don't know what else to say. Unless we talk, we, we just complain about Randall for the rest of, like, our lives. We, we can, but... That won't make for a very entertaining podcast, I don't think. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough. And Randall just doesn't even give a shit about you. He really doesn't. He's or like, like your life or anything. No. Why were they so forgiving? Even his mom was like, I understand. He is your son. He was missing for 16 years. But no. Like, I really truly believe after a year... Henry and Angela are going to realize Randall is the worst and then just ditch him and let him be homeless again. And he, like, doesn't go to jail for any of his domestic terrorism. Re- like, remember how the the police were so obsessed with catching the masked gentleman and then they just didn't? I think, probably, they just paid them off. Probably. Like, that police department was not the best. I mean, the chief, he tried. He really cared about Montador. But they were not good. No, they it, oh, they didn't. Unless they, like, somehow frame... Like, they were like, hey, it was Descalé the whole time, and so Randall is, a, is his puppet and is innocent. Yeah, like, they could say that. Well, but, uh, still. And he, he, you know he gave Henry none of the money Henry spent 18 years earning. No, you know, like, Randall is in charge now, and Henry just serves him tea all the time. Like, that's all it's gonna be. And Randall is gonna run that business dry. Like, oh, yeah. There is, within two, maybe three years, there will be no money left. 
Nope. Uh, but okay, that's it. That's Professor La- that's Professor Layton and the Mask of Miracles or Miracle Mask or whatever. Yeah, it was okay. It was my first Layton game, and like overall, I enjoyed it. I just I'm so sorry that was your first one. Why didn't you talk to me first? I wanted to play it, and you hadn't played it by then, remember? Yeah, but I mean, I could have told you to play a different one first. Oh well, I played it, and I know I can at least do most of the puzzles. Yeah, which is good. That'll be good for Leighton versus Ace Attorney. Yeah, so... It was... I hate Randall. Yeah, which Leighton versus Ace Attorney still canonically probably takes place pre this game. Because it was made pre this game. Okay. I still... I My gut feeling, just based on Luke's clothing, is that Professor Leighton versus Ace Attorney takes place around the time that the movie takes place. Probably after, but before Miracle Mask. Okay, so you don't need to play this game. And you don't need to play this game. <laughs> don't play this game. Watch that last cutscene with Deskalai fucking shit up. That's it, you're good. It'll get you pumped for the next one, too. Yeah, that was an awesome cutscene. And totally unexpected. And I'm glad I watched till the end. Yeah, me too. Okay, well, I'm Maya, and I kick ass, I guess. I'm uh, Luke. I'm a potato. Yes. Yes. Even I'm a potato wasn't in this game. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, so you can contact us at objectivistpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Tumblr, objectivist.tumblr.com. We're on Potomatic. Um, object- Potomatic. How does the Potomatic go? Jesse, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so you can go to our Potomatic at objecttothis.potomatic.com. Oh, good. You got it. Yes. You please rate and review us on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the better. Um, don't don't be a Randall. <laughs> rate and review us on iTunes. Um, thank you, Dark Shadow Rage 2 off the YouTubes for the use of our theme song, Hey Pallet Detective Gumshoe Remix. Thank you, 8BitBoy, for the beautiful vocals of Manfred von Karma, which we use as our ending music. Unless, of course, I, desert, I decide to put some latent music in. I don't know. We'll see how I feel when I do the editing. If you feel like emailing us, uh, email us about uh, Grossberg's cool secretary that we made up. Yes, because her secretary is awesome. His secretary is awesome and an yeah. FBI agent. And it feels like that was so long ago. I don't even remember. <laughs> All right. And hopefully Stephanie will be back from her watery grave next time. But hopefully she doesn't become a domestic terrorist first to get our attention. If she does, I may have to disown her. We're just gonna shoot her. Okay. We're not gonna- none of this bullshit, we're just gonna get a sniper rifle and shoot her. Okay, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. We made an oath about it, which means that 18 years from now you have to uphold that. Okay. If 18 years from now, Stephanie becomes a domestic terrorist for our attention, I will get a sniper rifle and shoot her. Shoot her. Okay. 
We'll talk to you later, guys. Okay. This has been Objectivist, so why don't you object that? Mm-hmm.